All right. Hi, guys. I'm Alex Pape. This is Riley Romacker. Smiley. Uh, Smiley for short. Um, he's a 14-year-old local rider that's been riding and doing a little bit of racing in the local area. Uh, he rides for both Wheels Up and a Nicotine. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I guess let's start off with the first question. Yep. How long have you been riding? So, I've been riding for a year now, actually. Um, I started on Christmas Day. I got brand-new bike. It was just a Rocky Mountain hardtail. Uh, it was actually a pretty nice beginner bike, but I absolutely shredded that thing until I broke every part on the bike until my parents were convinced I needed a new one. So I got my use out of it. It was <laughs> a lot of fun, but it, it took up mountain biking for me. Yeah, and that was your first bike? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did you ever ride before that? Like, just I mean, I up would or? be a casual person, just ride on the street once or a while. Yeah. Or, I mean, basic stuff like that. But once I got that bike, I'm like, I started taking it seriously. Yeah, but riding seriously for about a year, hitting all the local trails and yep. stuff. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Um, so you ride for both Wheels Up and Nika. Mm -hmm. I guess first off, which, which is your favorite? So I'm more of an Enduro person. Wheels Up Enduro is more my favorite because we can throw jumps and not we can throw whips on jumps and stuff like that. As in Nika, it's a lot about speed. Um, super great for fitness. That's the main reason I do it. I just got a new XC bike too, which is going to make the season way more fun because I raced last season on a Bronson, uh, which is an enduro bike. So that didn't go too well. But definitely enduro would be my favorite one. Yeah. Uh, in terms of like meeting people and meeting friends, you think that's going pretty well in those things? Like I are mean, you able to meet people? and Of all sports to do it, it's this is probably the best yeah. one. Everyone always wants to talk. Everyone's always having a fun time because everyone's in nature. The nature is like the best thing you can do with yourself. So definitely I've most of my great friends are just all mountain bikers and I met them from Nika and Wheels Up. Awesome. Uh do you do anything else besides bike or is this kind of your only extracurricular activity right now? I mean or? I weight train and like run every yeah. once in a while, but I mean mountain biking is my thing. You yeah. Know? You don't play play any other sports or anything. Nah. Oh, mm -hmm. Awesome. Uh -huh. now would you say biking in general has made you a better person? Definitely. That's a random question. But. but I mean, definitely because you can uh, you feel way more empathy because when you start at something and you absolutely suck, especially at mountain biking, because it's such a process to like actually be able to like ride down trails and look good at it. I when I see a beginner, someone like on a lot of other sports, people just kind of like laugh at them and stuff like that. But like, I can really feel empathetic to like uh, newer riders and all that because I've been in their stance, you know. So I've definitely became more empathetic with uh, doing mountain bikes for sure. Yeah. Do you now? Obviously, you're riding a ton right now. It's the only thing you're doing. Do you see yourself kind of pursuing your future in this type of field? Or for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's all I do. I mean, yeah. everything in my life is got to be something with mountain bikes. So definitely, I my main goal would be to uh, professionally race enduro, which that's a pretty that's high a goal, but. <laughs> Uh, that'd be really sick. That's like my main life goal, but it's not going to be easy to do that. But I started at a young age, so yeah, that helps. That going for you. mm -hmm. You're only 14. You got a long way to go. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so obviously we have a lot of local trails in the area, a lot of mm -hmm. good ones. Do you oh, have a particular sure. favorite? Well, it depends on the genre. Uh, <laughs> I'd say for jumping and stuff like that, the Bluff View, uh, Bluff View like at the top, uh, what was it called? Bluff View Trail or something? Yeah, it's Bluff View. Bluff View Park. If you yeah, I Bluff guess. View Park. 
Yeah, I'd say Bluffview Park. That's where they get some fun jumps. They got like a whole flowy like green section, loads of fun. I'd say it's probably like maybe like three minutes of downhill, something like that. Probably, yeah, it's yeah. a good couple. It's, it's um, a good little downhill. over a mile mm-hmm. of downhill. Yeah, I mean it is fun. And then the other trail is their intermediate one, and then it goes to like I think it starts at like a fifteen foot gap or no tabletop, and then I think the last one's twenty seven foot tabletop. And they're just so fun because you get so much air and it's it's a blast. And you can just re-ride it all the time. Yeah. Awesome. So that would be my favorite jump one. Awesome. And you guys love hitting the jumps and all that. You're mm-hmm. not scared of hitting anything. Yeah, I used to be until um, I've gotten better at it because I had a bad wreck. And then I never wanted to jump again. But I've gotten back into it and it's definitely a lot of fun. Yeah. And so obviously you're racing too, like with mm-hmm. wheels up in Nike. Um, yeah. In terms of enduro racing, like, it, do you enjoy that? Are you, uh, do you see yourself going back to it? Obviously, you you want to be an enduro mm-hmm. racer, but right now, would you? I enjoy the downhill, <laughs> uh, especially like the chub one that recently happened. The uphill and stuff like that, it's exhausting, and that's a big thing with enduro because the downhill is like really important, but uphill also is because you need to have good endurance because your downhills get severely affected. But I do love enduro. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's one thing. That's one tip. Get your endurance for that stuff. Yeah. Now, in the near future, do you have any big plans for anything, or just kind of hanging out locally, doing the local stuff? Right. Yeah. Local what I plan to do is I'm just trying to get as much racing experience as I can because right now I'm not taking like crazy podiums and doing crazy finish times. I'm kind of like a beginner racer. I've only been racing so long. So this is probably going to be like my first season of racing. And then my next season, that's probably when I'm going to be going maybe to like Bentonville and do a race or go to Tennessee and do a race or something like that. But even maybe even now, if I have the opportunity to, but uh, I definitely see that in the future. Awesome. Now, in terms of recommendations, would you recommend picking up the sport for other people? Definitely. Nothing helps you like going out in nature. Um you get such a fun community that always just wants to hang out. Such fun trails, especially right now in Eureka. There's so much thought being put into these trails and like Gork and stuff like that. We have Loki events, Big Mountain Enduro, and they're all uh, doing all these races and stuff like that, helping out the community. I mean, in the near future, probably about like 10 years or something, we could be like the small Bentonville, maybe. Probably. I mean, if we kind of keep our pace up, that yeah. could be a possibility, and that's yeah. just something really nice about our area. Yeah, St. Louis has for sure been growing quite a bit mm-hmm. recently. Awesome. Well, I'm glad you'd recommend that for other people. Yeah, for sure. I guess we'll turn it over to Adam. You got some more questions? Yeah, wake me up. <laughs> I just threw myself on the screen. You just going to sit over there? A little background stuff. Yeah, you can go back to them by Riley. Awesome. I will... Get mic'd up here, join the show with you, gentlemen. Great job. Riley, you speak very well. Thank you. Which is why we have you working at the shop. You're great with talking even to adults, which is mm-hmm. cool. You're probably better at talking to adults than kids, I would say. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's easy. Like, there is one of your little brother's friends came in earlier, mm-hmm. and um, just you talking with him, it seemed like there was a little bit of awkwardness there, which is hilarious. Extreme. Because I watch you talk to like 47-year-old lawyers about bikes and what they should buy and stuff. They have no problem. 
Um, so yeah, I, you know, and I think you guys kind of touched on some of the really cool things and, you know, there's a reason why you're 14 and why we hired you at the shop. Um, you always joke about being one of the most mature people here. That's probably 100% true. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, I kind of want to want to get into for, you know, we're about 10 minutes in, so we got 50 minutes to talk and really explore things. But for me, I think this podcast would be good for either parents listening um, or maybe other dudes that, or 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 young girls that want to get into um, riding mountain bikes or whatever else. So yeah. that's kind of where our focus will line up at with stuff. Um, but just kind of a little bit more background. Um, we found you because you live here in town. Um, you came into the shop. We found out you did Nike and Wheels Up and all that. We let you start volunteering a couple of days a week. Mm-hmm. You did a great job here. Um, you're always eager to learn stuff. If he told you things, you just did it. No problem. Um, you were able to follow through on directions that you were given. Um, so very quickly, as soon as you turned 14, we offered you a job. Um, so you have a paid position here at the shop now. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully you work for us all through school and stuff. It'd be dope. Uh, keep yep. learning stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, you've been doing that for how long? Uh, I. Working, I'd say probably like three weeks, but yep. I started volunteering in uh, November, I'd say. November. Mm-hmm. So, and then you got your bike about a year before that. How yeah. did you find out about mountain biking? So, story is my uh, friend, which is also my neighbor at the time, he got this uh, Cannondale. It was like a hardtail. It was like a base one. But to me, I thought this was like the coolest bike on the market. This thing was like top spec. I thought it was absolutely crazy. So uh, he was riding street one time and he's like hitting all these urban jumps. And I'm like, oh, this looks kind of fun. So then I hop on uh, a Walmart bike with him. Uh, Very different. His bike was like, I'd say 30 pounds and mine was felt like 60 because it was a steel Walmart bike. Mm -hmm. But um, definitely I found out the sport from him, riding with him on street and all that. And then he also convinced me to getting that beginner hardtail, which is a Rocky Mountain Fusion. Uh, he got, he kind of helped me get that for my Christmas present. And then I took off with mountain biking, like consistently since, uh, I just got that bike. Sick. Um, I just noticed your mic, throw it under, put the wire under your arm. So, cause at the top oh. of the mic might be rubbing your shirt. Mm-hmm. Um, and then fix the mic to where it's not rubbing your shirt. I should have paid better attention to that before we started. We've got this is we haven't had any major audio issues lately. We have, they've just been hidden. Yeah. Yeah, not lately. So um yeah, that'll work. That'll work. Close enough. So how did you convince your parents? Like, so your parents obviously bought you a Walmart bike because you were like when you were a kid, you were like, I want a bike. Your parents were like, Mm -hmm. Oh, he wants a bike. So they go down to Walmart, buy you a bike common thing everybody's parents do mm-hmm. that's obviously not going to work for mountain bike trails not going to work Definitely. if you want to be on the nike team mm-hmm. or do enduro racing parents are going to have to invest a little bit more so we're talking about going from like 150 walmart bike to kind of bare minimum like 600 bucks almost a thousand bucks for bikes and stuff what did that conversation look like with you and your parents as far as how did you tell how did you explain to them like hey this bike's not going to cut it i want to be able to ride mm-hmm. So I took it up gradually so they could t- kind of tell. Once they got me that Rocky Mountain, well, I originally had the uh, Walmart bike, and I'm like, hey, look, this isn't going to cut it. I mean, my dad mountain biked like years, years ago when it was like way smaller, like in Greensfelder and stuff like that. 
um he kind of gets how it went like at the time but uh it's definitely changed a lot since then which i was like yeah we're gonna have to step up step up to the rocky mountain fusion which is fusion 30 which is their beginner hardtail bike so i got that and then they kind of found out i needed a new bike after i broke everything and had extreme neck pain back pain every type of pain because uh, i broke my fork so i was racing or not racing i did one race on it but i'd be riding like enduro trails on like basically a fully rigid bike because my fork wouldn't work so i would i would be in a lot of pain and i broke almost every part on the bike and my parents are like maybe maybe he needs a new bike so i i convinced him there and then my dad also kind of took up mountain biking a bit he got a kona hanzo He's been riding that around a bit and he kind of gets how the sport is because I mean, as it's kind of, what I'd say is it's kind of similar when someone asks like, why is the bike so expensive? I really say you're going down a hill as fast as you can, like through all these big rocks and stuff like that. And this, like this normal bike that like a hundred years ago was just meant to ride around the street or whatever now we have this built up rugged bike that's meant to fly down hills there's gonna need a you're gonna need to put a lot of money into that just like motocross and stuff like that just it doesn't have an engine but you need everything to be super strong to withstand that so uh, my dad definitely found that out and he helped me with that yeah so it's helpful if a paramount bikes because then the parents out there on the trail because a lot of times you know as adults we have to justify our wives or husbands or whatever why we're spending so much money on a bike because mm-hmm. you know other if you don't mount bike it's hard to understand so a sure. lot of people that parents that are if you're a young person and you're listening you're trying to figure out how to get a nice bike so you can do um some of these programs and stuff i mean if if you can talk your parents into 500 bucks find a used hardtail for 500 bucks you're gonna break it so don't get too attached um, but that at least get out there take care of your bike pay attention to your shifting you know, understand that you may not be able to go as fast as the other guys on the full suspension bikes. Um, and then parents, if you're listening, you spend $500 on your kid's bike. He's, if he gets serious about it and he's going to join a team and he's going to race, he's going to very quickly start breaking that bike and destroying it. It's not even going to last a year. And that's a nice, you know, name brand truck bike or something. How old were you when you got your first like real mountain bike? Did you, were you older when you got I, back to it? Yeah. So I paid it for it myself. I bought a giant talon in 2019 and that's what i started on nice yeah yep. entry level or yeah very entry level mm-hmm. yep i forced it dubless mm-hmm. and nice. made it work uh but yeah i definitely broke quite a bit yeah and that's the thing for dudes i mean riley got was able we're in missouri here so you were able to get a worker's permit at 14 you can work some limited hours and stuff like that mm-hmm. that's another suggestion you know if you're a young man if you're looking to get into mountain biking um you can always stop by your local shop see if there's some opportunities for you to volunteer you know ask like hey like i like hanging out at the bike shop i want to get into biking um trying to save up money to do that in the meantime can i volunteer and sweep some floors do those little things that we have to do here at the shop uh, by letting you know we get you know a lot of groms come in um, and hang out and i typically try to get a broom in their hand or something if they're just going to be staying around um you know looking at stuff so that's a really good way and then the bike shop will inevitably offer you an employee discount mm-hmm. um, on a bicycle so then you can get a really nice bike and it helps the shop out so um you know and something to keep in mind not all gigs are going to be paid you know i would say i'm 35 years old i run a, 
a million dollar retail business and I've done more work for free in my life than I've ever gotten paid for. I'd rather do work for free. And same thing in the here in the shop. We do work for free very often for people. And the idea here is that you're proving your value to that other person. Um, and then they'll provide that value back to you. So going to the shop, working for free, sweeping a floor provides value to the shop owner. And the shop owner will then provide value back to you in the form of discounts or something like that. Then when the time comes, maybe you turn 14, maybe you turn 15, maybe you turn 16. Um, and they're looking for people, they're obviously going to want you first. Mm -hmm. um, so it's going to set you up for a job that you're actually going yeah. to get paid for. And so. you're going to have that knowledge too, which you do get like employee discounts, stuff like that. But the main pay that you get is knowledge. When you go to the mountain bike shed and stuff like that, or any bike shop, actually, I mean, you can go with the mechanic and you see what he's doing. I mean, I learned so much. I learned all my bike mechanic skills just from volunteering, really, and working here. Because it shows you a lot about how bikes work because bikes aren't simple. There's a lot of parts and it's uh, definitely definitely hard to like master. You don't just know what you're doing immediately. You got to get the knowledge first. But that's one good thing about volunteering stuff. Yeah, and I think, you know, again, for dudes getting into biking, like volunteering, offering to volunteer at the shop is really cool because it takes the pressure off the shop owner too because it's like, all right, well, this, does this guy know anything? You don't have to know anything to volunteer because you're not getting paid. So you're not wasting anybody's money. Um, you know, it does take away from the mechanic a little bit to kind of show you guys things. We love doing that stuff, though, so it's completely fine. There is a little cost involved for the shop, um, so you should be conscious of that if you're volunteering to try to be as helpful as you can. Um, but, you know, it's, it, you know, I, before I opened the shop, I volunteered at a bike shop, a, a charity bike shop for a year and a half before I opened the shop. For a year and a half every tuesday and thursday for three hours i would drive 40 minutes to a part of town i didn't want to be in and i would never miss i would cancel plans and always made a priority of that and i showed up six o'clock to nine o'clock every tuesday and thursday for a year and a half and i had a real job to do <laughs> and other obligations and that's the thing and you know with volunteering it's be consistent show you're consistent that'll provide value and then it'll pay for all for you later on yeah so you started doing that um wheels up you obviously are on the wheels up enduro team mm -hmm. you had to try out to make it on that team yes, sir. um so that took some effort but um prior to that did you do like the wheels up like weekly rides before so, the yeah i would definitely do that uh once kind of nika set in i wouldn't do as much because it's hard uh especially with like parents and stuff like that with younger riders they i have a sibling too so he's got stuff practice and then i got all these teams and stuff like that it's hard on your parents too so during the Nike season, uh, I don't really do much as wheels up stuff, but uh, I'm trying to do more. But uh, before I went to wheels up enduro, I did do those weekly rides and then those clinics and stuff like that. Cause that's, I learned mostly how to mountain bike off of wheels up. So, oh, I don't have it to my throat. But, uh, puberty mid podcast, yeah. dude. <laughs> <laughs> voice just yeah. <laughs> You didn't yeah. buy a Fox 38 today. No, no, <laughs> no you didn't. <laughs> right, no, it's in here. Yeah. I might hit puberty when I buy that bike. <laughs> or I'll go the opposite way. My voice will just drop like, oh my God. <laughs> um, so yeah, and cool. So that's something, you know, for, you know, and, and I think a lot of kids too, like you're lucky your dad got into biking. Not everybody's parents are going to be mountain bikers. Mm -hmm. A lot of kids who mountain bike, their parents are mountain bikers. 
Um, but there's a lot of guys getting into it now whose parents don't mountain bike. They have no desire to mountain bike. They've never done any cycling at all. You got lucky. You only had to kind of ride your, your hard tail. How long did you have it? Six months, a year? Uh, I'd say, yeah, like seven months or so. Yeah, seven months. Everything. But then your dad was out there riding, so he was mm-hmm. experiencing the same thing. So then he was able to invest a little bit more. Do you remember how much your Bronson was? Um, Like not cheap <laughs> yeah over yeah. over three thousand dollars yeah I'd say. Mm-hmm. um and then and that's a 160 mil travel bike yeah 160 150 160 150 mm-hmm. so you were lucky to be able to do that um which is really awesome i forgot where i was going with that yeah yeah so <laughs> you don't have to do that um and mm-hmm. and you know you're a really great rider you're super dedicated to the sport but even if you're getting into it i don't care if you're 15 and you're just getting into mountain biking you can join nika um, without getting into specifics about any teammates or anything like that, I would assume on your Nike team, you're on a really good team. So that's a bad yeah. example. Um, you're on the, the Rockwood composite team, mm-hmm. yep. just full of a bunch of aces. Yeah. Um, you guys have some really great coaches as well on that team. Yeah. So. We got like probably 30 coaches, but this season we got 60, I think we got 60 riders this time, Six. which I mean, I'd say probably like the ace riders and stuff like that we probably have like 15 of them mm-hmm. and right now like we're actually being coaches so not like official coaches mm-hmm. but kind of like handymans and stuff like that yep. so that's one cool thing about nika right now but with nika there's not that much like aces and stuff like that it's a lot of beginner beginner people coming into the sport because you learn a lot throughout the season and it's a pretty good deal because you get a lot of practices included races all that stuff for, I mean, do you know how much it costs? I don't. I think it was no. like, I think it's like 450 or something. Okay. But I mean, it's. You practice once a week? No, I think it's three times. Yeah, three, three times, times a week. week. And then like the whole summer. Nice. Included races too. Yeah, five races throughout the state. And that's typically how it's going to be wherever you are um, or anybody in the United States. Um, they're going to have about five races in a season. I think you guys have like a co-op uh, race where you guys race with the Arkansas kids down in Springfield uh, for one of your races this season. But, Maybe. We're changing all the races. So I don't know if it's. Oh, I know why I brought idea. up your big, nice, expensive Santa Cruz bike. <laughs> My point was that you don't have to have that bike to be Nike and to start getting your foot in the racing, yeah, to get sure. your kid riding or to get yourself out there riding and start meeting like-minded people you know kind of the same way you mentioned like all my friends kind of ride mountain bikes or into the same things if not i don't have anything to talk to them about um i think it's cool that you're able to do that did you say how you found out oh for mountain biking your buddy had a mountain bike yeah mm-hmm. how did he find out about mountain biking is it um, that mountain bike he does motocross okay so <laughs> that's it. those yeah. motocross guys that mm-hmm. hop on mountain bikes they just Great transition for yeah, fitness. Great yeah, great transition and just makes me look terrible. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Especially on jumps. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but you don't need the nicest bike in the world for Nike. Mm-hmm. You just bought a hardtail. Yeah. How much did you pay for your hardtail? Uh, 1000 Okay. For a nice used hardtail, it is a really yep. nice hardtail. 24 pounds. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's so really that's nice. a super high. That was the bike you chose. I don't think you would have. That's the best thing you could have imagined mm-hmm. um, for what you were looking for. So top end, you could spend a thousand bucks on a used bike, get your kid a really nice Nike racing bike, mm-hmm. or even a five hundred dollar used bike um, is going to be a nice Nike racing bike to get a kid started. So mm-hmm. yeah, um, that's really awesome. There is a wide range of it. Have you done any of the non biking stuff with Nike? Have you done any of the orienteering or any of the trail work days or anything like that? I have not done that, but I'm planning to because we're kind of becoming more like coaches like young coaches, I'd say, because uh, we're returning athletes. So we have, 
I'd say probably like 45 other kids and I'd say probably like 20 to 30 of them are new. Mm -hmm. So these are a bunch of new kids, huge team. And I'd say we have like 20 official coaches and to become a Nike coach, it's like you pay money to volunteer as a Nike coach. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, not much people want to do it, but we have like 30 of them and they're all really, really cool people. The fact that someone would want to volunteer and help out all these kids and stuff like that. And you also have to get certified and stuff like that. So now that there's so much riders, you're going to need some assistant from us. So that's what we're doing right now with Nike. So I'm guessing uh, not just with Nike practice, I'm probably going to be doing probably some trail builds and doing some Nike meetings and stuff like that. Sure. Yeah, that is kind of cool. Um, you know, and the same reason why your coaches do it, you know, I think when you're, when you like doing something like mountain biking or you're passionate about it, you want to kind of, uh, an important thing for, for men is that we pass on knowledge. So that's a big part of being a guy is like telling other men how to do things. So, um, yeah, that should be really cool for you guys. And, the sport's going to be in a big growth phase here in Missouri for the next couple of years. So it's going to be really key that, mm -hmm. you know, there is guys that are on the team and, and what's neat about mountain biking, you know, and kind of thinking about maybe some parents who are nervous about sending their kid or signing their kids up for a Nike league, something like that. You know, like you said, having mountain biking has kind of taught you empathy and um, it is something you learn on the trail because you, you fail so much, even as you get better, there's still going to be things. If you could ride everything out on a trail, it would be terrible. Like that would not be any fun. And I keep losing myself on the camera and uh, it, it would just get boring really fast. The fun in mountain biking is that you can't ride everything first time or everything doesn't go right. Um, mm -hmm. Or there's a problem out there. And really the most enjoyable times is when your bike breaks down and then you got to do a four mile hike out, or you have to figure out something to make it happen. Or, you know, you've been there where you're, you're dying. Somebody kind of gave you that extra little boost to, to keep your role. in. so, mm. um, it's a really good environment, especially, you know, I, I, I think a lot of times with team sports, there's a lot of pressure on kids and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And while, you know, mountain biking is going to get kids with other kids that kind of have similar interests, enjoy doing the same thing. Uh, but there's not as much pressure there. It's a yeah. little bit more of an encouraging example, but it, have you ever, I mean, what are your feelings towards how everybody kind of helps out the guy who may not be as fast or might be newer? Yeah, I mean, there's no pressure. A lot of these coaches, I mean, especially for like wheels up and stuff like that, also for Nika, they're really good, really good riders. And they've been in the industry a lot. So they know these beginner riders and stuff like that. They aren't going to be able to do all this crazy stuff that maybe like these aces do and stuff like that. There's no pressure at all because it's way better to roll on your bike than roll in a stretcher. So that's what I like to think of it. Yeah, no, I agree. And it, it, it is cool. And, you know, you're only a beginner for so long. Like mm -hmm. that beginner phase doesn't, if you're practicing three days a week, you're not going to be a beginner after three months. You know, going to oh, yeah. remember you were a beginner three months ago. So um, mm -hmm. get out there and do it. Um, for the Nike stuff, do you have to have, I guess, a minimum of like a 24 inch bike? You have to be in like sixth grade, seventh grade. Yeah, probably. sixth grade, twenty-four inch bike. Yeah, yeah, something like that. But uh, basically, there's not much limitations. Just have like an okay bike that's gonna roll, and then just a good mindset. Cool, cool. Um, hmm. What else do I got for you? What do I want to ask you about? There's so many things I could possibly ask. Wheels you. up enduro. I know wheels up in there. How do you think of the first couple of races and stuff? 
it is fun, especially when you have like a team and all that. Did you do an enduro race before this season? Oh, uh, I've done before this season. I did the St. Narles race, which is kind of like the end. Okay. I'm just like, I want to do an enduro race. I did St. Narles. That's probably like my favorite race. Cool. I mean, being able to like shuttle, I think, we, yeah, Matson, Klon like, and then we did an urban stage. Mm -hmm. It's the only uh, race out here, enduro race at least, that has an urban stage. Mm -hmm. Super cool and super fun because it's like, all around this restaurant and the urban stage is within it and you just get loads of cheering and oh it's so fun all right or people that don't like cheering it sounds terrible for them but i love all the loudness and all that that's my favorite part about riding at greensfelder because it's right in front of six flags st louis here in eureka mm -hmm. and the screaming eagle sits right in front of the declu area so yeah when you're coming down you can you can start you can you can hear people like yelling and screaming it's kind of like they're cheering for you <laughs> <laughs> gotta use your imagination yeah no one's ever cheered for me on a mountain bike in real life <laughs> so. that's a, a tough area on the trail too it's mm -hmm. yep it gets you to push it and then like cliff cave is also well used to be now it's all different but i used to like sitting up at the top of cliff cave like on where the cliff used to be before i put a fence up um but um and then i the train would do a horn every once in a while kind of like a starting horn so that was always fun too yeah, right down. I like that. Do you like riding your bike better or racing better? Do you did you enjoy racing? Did you think that was dope? I love racing. Mm -hmm. I mean, the only part is when people get too obsessed with winning and stuff like that. You gotta realize races are for fun. I mean, mountain biking isn't all about getting the podiums and becoming the best in state and all that. A lot of the sports just having a fun time. And people kind of get obsessed with winning. And I mean, sometimes that happens to me where I don't do too good out, I get bummed out. But I also gotta think how much fun i had before you kind of see the race results and stuff like that and like dude i shouldn't even be pouty about that as long as you have a fun time and that's what's cool about those enduro races it's just all based on a fun time and there is podiums and stuff like that but having a fun time is like the main goal of those races and it's amazing yeah i think with mountain bike racing also and that continues on as you're adult if you're in like an adult mountain bike race and um somebody's got a flat or somebody's having a bike issue or something I don't care what place you're in or what's going on in the race. The person that comes up behind you will stop and ask you if you need a hand or if you're all right. Mm -hmm. And then if you say you need a hand, they will stop and help you. It doesn't matter for sure if you if you lose a spot on the race or whatever. Mm -hmm. So that that always goes on um, until you know once you get into the pro ranks, a little bit different. You have sponsors and stuff that mm -hmm. um, you know you have to answer to. But uh, previous to being sponsored, everybody is really great with that. And I would think in the pro category as well of a race if there's a good amount of cash on the line um then maybe you don't stop there either i don't know i've never yeah. raced at that level but i would assume those guys aren't i wouldn't expect I those guys to stop the caps between those people too yeah for enduro racing yeah. sure yeah mm -hmm. well even the downhill stuff like you're usually not on the track right when someone else is on the track well yeah and the fastest guys who are going to win are like 20 minutes ahead of everybody else on, on the cross or on the xc races yeah. too so they're not finding out if anybody had a mechanical yeah <laughs> oh to be fair like cross country races too like if you get mechanical you're stuck mm -hmm. yeah it's not even a, that sucks it's not even a yeah so how often do you work on your bike at home um so right now uh we don't really have like a bike shop really going on as that's all i'm gonna say um i work on as much as i can i do i lose my chains like basic stuff every once in a while but i don't really have the opportunity to like fully take apart my bike because we don't really have a space for that right now okay. um but i do like basic stuff like 
uh, stanchion grease, chain lube, and then muck off cleaning stuff, which that is really useful. Mm-hmm. Muck off stuff's right. awesome for your bike too. Cleaning it down every, I'd say probably like every week or something, get a nice clean on it and then get it money again. <laughs> How do you learn stuff about mountain biking? Um, I'd say probably just going with riding with better people than you. Uh, nothing shows you how, uh, how I'd say, what do you say? Like their form and stuff like that mm-hmm. is very different to you. When you like look at these super top riders and stuff like that, if you notice, they look like they're not even riding the bike. They, the bike is like just flowing the whole mm-hmm. time and they're just on top of it. And then you can look at someone else with like worse their form and they just get bounced all the time and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, I used to ride like that until I kind of, you know, you ride with these better people and you take their lines, you do their form, take their advice too. And that definitely helps out. Cool. What about, uh, do you watch any, like, do you have any uh, YouTube channels that you watch in particular? Or any of that I mean, kind of stuff? I think everyone who mountain bikes does. I mean, we're all going to be watching like Burn Peak, Jordan Boostmaster. I mean, all these guys. Uh, watching that stuff makes me feel like I don't know how to ride a bike compared to these crazy YouTuber guys. Uh, a lot of inspiration comes from them. So that's what's cool about YouTube and stuff like that. You can definitely look. And there's so much like awesome channels like GMBN and stuff like that that can really teach you basics of riding a bike too, getting your form down and stuff. Uh, that's really nice. And uh, it's always fun just to watch some really nice riders do their thing. We're going to lend the camera. Right lend the cam. Lend the cam. Linda only got to ride with yeah you you only got to ride with mountain bikes for a year before you hurt yourself too many times <laughs> two acls oh now she's gonna move the camera i bet who's your favorite youtuber uh uh champ uh in terms of riding or fixing uh just watching on youtube and stuff uh jordan boostmaster is fun this is Jordan Boostmaster. You never heard of him? I don't think so. Oh, he's a ton of fun. To watch. I wonder if I've seen his videos um, and just didn't know what his name. You is. probably have. There's another guy, Dale Stone. He's a lot of fun to ride because he does a lot of like old traditional North Shore stuff, and he's just mm. really, really good. Interesting. Does. And he so, works for uh, Norco. Mm-hmm. He's like an engineer. Of oh, okay. Cool. Like, actually, like engineered the bikes. I want to pick up Norco and... bikes. I think they'd be cool. Yeah, they are cool. They are really there's also people like Sam Pilgrim. You're just watching. You're like, yeah. how do you even? Like, how I do saw, you wake up in the morning and survive I life? I, I don't even know. <laughs> I mean, his like one of his recent videos. He went on like this really crazy like jump line on a steering wheel mm-hmm. bar. Yeah. I'm like, not and he does. He's just using a yeah, he does a backflip. Yeah. I'm like, I can't believe people can do this. It's crazy. Are you into like trying to do tricks and stuff like that, or you um, just want to? I'm very uh, cautious because I don't want to get hurt again. Uh, I got so scared when I like absolutely ate a tree off a whip, uh, off a jump when I did a whip into a tree. Uh, definitely found out how molts work and the rear flexes come out a lot and wasn't ready for that. Whipped myself into a tree, then didn't jump for, I'd say, probably like four to five months. Then I finally got back into it, but I'm taking it slow. I kind of got like, I got like bar whips like this stuff and then like kind of get the rear out a bit but i take it very like very cautiously i'm not the guy that just like oh looks fun i'm gonna just do it and 
see what happens. I need whips. I like yeah. I like the look of it. You know, it looks cool when you do it, but like especially for younger guys, a lot of times you're gonna like come up short on your landing a little bit when you're doing things like that. Mm-hmm. And you're gonna land your bike sideways, and you're just putting a ton of side load on your rear shock and mm-hmm. your rocker and your rear triangle, and just everything is just like stressing out so badly so it makes me cringe when i see dudes do it i get it i'm not telling no i am telling people don't do that (laughs) i'm glad to hear you're not a whipper that makes sense and that's because you are a very responsible person yeah which is what we like about you here at the shop so um that's really good how many of your friends do you have any uh, you know we're in eureka wildwood area so mountain biking we obviously are the home of mountain biking and the greater St. Louis area. Mm-hmm. Um, we have some of the best trails here in the area. A lot sure. of people who mountain bike live out in this area. It's very kind of concentrated. Mm-hmm. So do you have friends that you actually go to school with that are in class with you that ride mountain bikes that you know? Um, so right now I'm in middle school. So not, no. But uh, once I get into high school, I know a lot of like people from my NICA teams and Wheels Up teams are going into Eureka High School. Mm-hmm. So I will at that point. But at my school, no, but there's some people like around my area that uh like Jordan, you guys probably don't know him, but uh he's really fun to ride with. Um who else? Let me think. Beckett, that's one of his friends, also my friend. I mean, just a bunch of guys and there's loads of group chats and stuff like that, because everyone's local and everyone just wants to ride with each other. Mm-hmm. So that's what's cool. So your parents, you're fourteen. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're going to go ride with a buddy or something, do you guys take an adult with you? What happens? No. <laughs> you guys used to go ride. My just parents just dropped me off. They're like, don't kill yourself. And you got a cell phone. Yeah, I got, I got a phone. Right. If I didn't have a phone, that'd be pretty dangerous. But especially where we usually go is like Bluff View, mm-hmm. the, like the park. And we're not the only people there. Right. Like, it's not like cross country where you're kind of just out in the middle of nowhere. Like, you're hitting these jumps and there might be a possibility that you get hurt more because you have people watching you. Mm-hmm. So, and when people watch you, you, I mean, you gotta show off a bit, you know, but uh, definitely you're not by yourself if you wreck. So that's, what's really cool about that type of stuff. Yeah. It's something to keep in mind. If you're going to be a younger dude, right. Out riding, if you, especially if you expect your parents to drop you off somewhere, we are lucky. Buffy is probably the most popular trail network here um, mm-hmm. in the greater St. Louis area. Um, I can't think of a park that Castlewood, but as far as mountain bikers go, um, and hikers and stuff, it's always packed full of people, but it, Bluffview is definitely the, uh, most popular mountain bike trail in Missouri. Probably. Yeah. I'd that say would so. be fair well, to that's say. That's probably mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Right here in Eureka. Bluffview yep. is on me. Yeah. We're there lucky. Are, there are some trails. I'm sure you're probably going that way, but like Chubb, if you take a bad yeah. day on that, like you won't see a single other person. So right. You get hurt yeah. on that. Yeah, it's you're by hard. yourself. And but, it's just more dangerous for younger people. I mean, obviously, you look like a young grown man, so I think you'll be all right. I don't <laughs> think there's stranger danger, too much mm-hmm. to worry about out there. But there are creepy people that could potentially be hanging out in the woods. So if you are yeah. a young person, if you're not being accompanied by an adult, A, Stay on your bike, keep moving, don't stop and talk to people. The mm-hmm. pick trails that are going to be popular. I mean, like, you know, I go out on any of these local trails. I know everyone who's on the trail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. and I'm constantly riding by them. I and everybody else, like, and you will get to that point, Q, here at the shop mm-hmm. where 
most people who pass you, you're going to recognize from being in the shop. Yeah. Uh, I, not just from being in the shop, but since I've been there so much, a lot of the same people Mm -hmm. come over. So I, I mean, at least I'm going to recognize at least 10 people when I'm there every ride. I mean, there's very few people I don't recognize there because a lot of people who go there once are coming again. Mm -hmm. And that's me too. I'm always there. And a lot of other people are always there because it's like the most popular one. So yeah, especially now both of you's got the hub and everything up there. Mm -hmm. The jump line goes off it. The flow trail goes off. It is a spot where people just kind of stand around and hang out. Yep, Mm -hmm. definitely. Yep. Yeah, and it's not like I think there's some scenes that are a bit inappropriate. Um, you know, I think about like the BMX or skate scene a lot. Like, I don't think I would want to drop my 14 year old off to hang out with a bunch of skaters at the yeah. skate park, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you drop your 14 year old off with a bunch of mountain bikers at a mountain bike park, it's a different crowd. Typically, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just, it's my, it's a, it is a different crowd. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about people again, if they're there, if they're riding the jump line out there, everybody's probably on a thousand dollar plus ish bike. Yeah. So you have to imagine all these people, even if maybe they're not of means, they have prior good priorities. I mean, mm-hmm. if you daddy, if you find a way to put a thousand bucks towards a bike, then you're a good person in my book. I don't, you know what I mean? I don't care what else is going on with you. You've obviously sorted that out. So yeah, it is really cool. And, um, you know, you can find places like that depending on where you're at. Uh, I think, you know, all the way across the United States, I think in Europe, it's been the case for a while. They've kind of had bike parks all over. Um, I think the U.S. is finally starting to catch up. um, And all of our little kind of towns and stuff are all getting little bike parks. So always go like that or just go ride in your backyard. I mean, that was when I was growing up, we didn't have mountain bike we had mountain bike trails, but they were all cross country. Mm-hmm. There's no way I would go ride them. They were empty. Uh, there's just a bunch of old men out there and stuff. So we had, I lived in Oakville in Southtown mm-hmm. and the woods, you could cut between these two people's house. There's a lake back there. And it was like the neighbor on the backside's property, but somebody before us had dug in trails and there's like creek beds that went in there. Mm-hmm. So we had our jumps back there. And yeah. I mean, we just went back there but we didn't learn anything like you guys do now i wish there would have been like an actual team and stuff like that yeah it's cool what the availability for like trails and then teams right now especially in eureka too there's a lot of like opportunities to go on teams and group rides and stuff like that that's what's really cool about our area it's very very popular with mountain bikers that's why i kind of think it's gonna be a small bentonville yeah, that's point. how me and Coach Cuddy were talking the last time he was on about you guys and just how interesting it is that, you know, Mike's in his mid-40s probably, something like yeah. that. He's older than 40. Um, and then, like, he's like, yeah, I can go out and and talk to a 14-year-old. or like, me and you, I always forget how young you are because we start talking about stuff. I'm like, oh, yeah. Or you'll say something that reminds you you're 14. <laughs> but like typically, like, you know, it, it's so funny that because we're all interested in mountain biking. We're all watching the same YouTube videos. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you're watching the same videos as he's yeah. watching. I'm not watching that guy. And I don't watch as many YouTube videos as I used to watch. But, mm-hmm. but I mean, you're on like part tool. Yeah, they yeah, know about like all that. these things. Like yeah. So whether you're 14 or whether you're 65, you're you're everybody can kind of have the same normal conversation together it's really cool like i can have a i can relate more and have a better conversation with riley or smiley talking about uh bikes and bike parts and stuff than i can like 
another 35 year old who doesn't know anything about bikes and i just have to talk about like i don't know life yeah new carpeting <laughs> or laundry detergent or something terrible their kids are like what bar they went to like like yeah. so no i think that's really cool i think it's neat that and it it allows guys like you you know you're a little bit you know, and you'll probably hear this for the rest of your life being wise beyond your years or whatever nonsense like that or an old soul. Mm -hmm. um, but it is cool because it does allow younger men to have positive influences with with older dudes that are doing the same things they are. You can kind of, you know, teach with some examples and stuff like that. Yeah. So I like it a lot. I think it's I think it's super cool. I think it's a, a good way to get young men into the sport and then you know, like I played team sports growing up, you know, I was at a Catholic school, so I played soccer and um, basketball and baseball. And we have like our eight kids from our class. We we're all on the same team all the way through and played hockey and stuff too. But, you know, team sports and I love my coaches and they, you know, I could still tell you all their names and I could tell you, I know exactly what their voices sound like when they're yelling. So like, but it was still like this like whole team thing. I think mountain biking is a little bit different. It's a little bit more personal. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit more slowed down. It's a little bit more relaxed. Not so much pressure. So yeah. I think overall, for I think it's a little bit. It's a it's a good substitution for team sports, which I think people are starting to get away from more and more nowadays. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Yeah, I agree though, for sure. I mean, there's very little pressure with mountain bike teams mm -hmm. and stuff like that because everyone's just there to have a fun time. Huh, we got 15 minutes left. Don't want to get crazy or like 10 to 15 minutes with any new conversation of any mm -hmm. kind. Crashes. Um, crashes. Oh, yeah. What's your worst crash on a bike? All day about crashes. What's your worst crash on a bike? Um, the one I default to all the time is my uh, when I whipped into a tree. Right. Basically, yep. And what hurt? What ended up getting injured? Um, so I basically tore the skin off here and here. Okay. And it was just like raw. Okay. And um, mostly what got injured the most was my ego. Okay. And <laughs> uh, yeah, my mentally it hurt way more than physically because I was showing off in front of kids. <laughs> so that that really hurt my pride because there was these two kids and they're like, oh, this jump looks really scary. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to have to do it and I'm going to have to look cool. So I did it and I threw this whip and – bang, into the tree, tire explodes off the rim, and then I'm laying on the ground just like this mm. and blood all over my face. And they're like, are you okay? I'm like, oh, I don't know. Uh, that hurt my ego a lot. So, so you bought a full-face helmet after that? Yeah, I bought a full-face helmet. Um, Do you wear a full-face helmet? Do you wear gloves? Mm-hmm. Every time you ride your mountain bike? Huh? Every time you ride your mountain bike? Every time. So full-face helmet, gloves, knee pads? And sometimes shoulder, elbow, like and that box. mountain bike thing. shoes. Oh, of course. Yeah. Uh, do you have mountain bike shorts? You wear mountain mm -hmm. bike shorts. Yep. You wear a mountain bike jersey. Yep. Um, that's it. That's all it. Yeah. You wear and all the gear. Why? Because I don't like being hurt. Right. Mm. I basically, if you can jump off a train and you think you're good, then you're good. Or like, I mean, when you picture yourself riding, there's some guys that just throw on some helmet and then some shoes, mm -hmm. and then just like a normal outfit like this, right. and then do this crazy stuff. Right. But at the same time, you got to think you're going like 15, 20 miles per hour down a hill as fast as you can go through like rocky stuff or like giant jumps and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. If you don't think you're kind of safe doing that, it's not like that's not good. I always like 
to think I'm going to be okay when I crash because the more gear, yeah, it might be hotter or whatever, more uncomfortable. But what's really uncomfortable is the ER, mm-hmm. and you're going to be way more injured without elbow pads and knee pads and stuff like that than actually just wearing it and then being way more safe in the long end. Yeah, being a little bit warmer, having an elbow pad on and mm-hmm. being a little bit warmer and kind of not liking that is better than having an uncomfortable cast on for six weeks. Yeah. That you cannot <laughs> ever take off or yeah, take a shower sure. with. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, no, overprotect. And, you know, I, I think the reason what, what makes mountain biking, what draws all of us to it is that sense of danger. And if it wasn't scary, I don't think we would be into it. But you can take those steps to properly protect yourself. What full face helmet do you wear? Uh, the Troyley stage helmet. So it's a $300 helmet. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a really important point to hit with parents because I deal with it a lot in the shop. Parents looking for helmets for their kids. They Even the ones that decide that their kid needs a full face helmet. And I'm talking even three-year-old kids running around on striders. Um, I always try to talk them into like the Troyley helmet or some sort of enduro full face helmet. Mm. They're all going to run around 300 bucks, 350 bucks. It's the investment is worthwhile because like you said, you, I mean, that could have left permanent scarring and stuff. You're lucky that didn't happen. Mm -hmm. You're lucky you didn't lose a bunch of teeth. Um, So put a full face helmet on because the the confidence you get from not, from knowing you're going to be all right when you crash will make you a more confident rider and you're going to crash less just because you're confident that if you do crash, you'll be okay. So that'll keep you from crashing. (laughs) It sounds weird, but it's totally true. Like if you're all padded up and all that, you know, yeah, you're ready to get hurt. (laughs) What's your worst accident, Alex? Uh, I went to my first race in Eureka Springs and I hit a drop and instead of like popping off the drop, I like popped into the drop and nice. I just started tumbling down the hill. Uh, <laughs> can just go head first? Why would he do that? <laughs> we got on video too and you just see me like I'm on the bike, everything just like rotates. You just see you pushed up. Yeah. <laughs> well, all that matters is you got it on video. We, well, kind of. Like as soon as I start like rolling, it like cuts out. Uh, did you guys see that G Atherton video? I, I, you have, I'm sure you've seen it. Which one? The one where he's tumbling down the down hill. the hill, and it was like, was it gravel or something? It was like gray, right? It's and like, he just like bang, bang, bang. Yeah. yeah. I thought I, I didn't know it was G Atherton at first when I seen that, that video. Was... I was like, how are they getting away with posting this? Like this guy's obviously dead. No, it's been about a year ago. I think that happened that long ago. Yeah. It's really? Oh, that was that injury. Mm-hmm. Oh. He's been He's... That's right. I remember that happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That but they didn't time. release the video. Yeah. He released, they released like a whole YouTube short on it, just like highlighting the whole thing, like their mm-hmm. whole thought process. But now it's just like, making its rounds. I know. Uh, because I've just seen it and I've seen a bunch of places since I've seen it the first time. Yeah. I guess maybe he's becoming more public with it, but it, like, he's been in the hospital for a while. It was gross, dude. Was, I mean, I think he was, it was knocked disturbing. out because he was just like, he was, yeah, he yeah. was beyond knocked out. Yeah. I mean, I, it was disturbing to watch. I know. I've I mean, not been that grossed out watching. I've, and all I used to, like, not all I used to watch, but I used to watch a ton of crash videos. I mean, yeah. that's like, I think that's how everybody gets into mountain biking is watching crash videos. No, so, like, yeah. it, I'm used to seeing guys get wrecked on a bike, and that was, no, that was, that like was a straight travel hill with like large pieces of like slate. And yeah. You just see a limp body. And the 300 feet. Now. Yeah. And it's interesting, you know, for a guy like him too, he is a guy who dedicated, he is very into his fitness. I mean, yeah. he is a lot, rider at the very He's top of his level. Racer. 
Mm -hmm. And he, he has an insane fitness regimen and having your body in shape and being fed is going to help prevent injuries as well. Even if your brain shuts off, yeah. your body's just left to its own devices. Mm -hmm. But yeah, dude, that was so friggin' gnarly. Yeah. The, the scary part is when it's like, he's barely rolling, but like, he's like fully out and you just see him like slowly keep on. Him. Oh, it's just, it was bad. Well, and the, the interesting thing is, and you know, I think protection is really important. I think if parents are going to invest in a 500 to a thousand dollar bike for their kid, they need to invest 500 to a thousand dollars in pads. It's no different than if kids playing hockey, you don't want to buy him some crappy helmet. I don't even know if they make crappy hockey helmets, but you want to get them a name brand Bauer helmet or a Jopa or whatever it is. Get them so. something that they want to actually wear. Right. And something yeah. that's going to be comfortable, look cool. Like, even if it costs extra freaking money. Like, well, like, people try to wear, like, moto helmets. Yeah. Terrible. Riding motor, like, which works. No. Which that's actually, it does not work. It it's terrible. Well, it just doesn't bend at all. No, it doesn't yeah. bend. It makes no. you hot. The hotter you get, the more mistakes you're going to make, the more likely you are to crash. And then when you crash, you got twice the weight on your head than you should. So that force plus uh, mass equals velocity or whatever it goes the heavier something is the harder it's gonna the faster it's gonna get rolling and yeah. the more force you're gonna hit an object with but the nice thing about mountain biking different than if you're if you're just riding around on the street or if you're doing some other activity when you do crash on a mountain bike typically there's gonna be bushes it's gonna be dirt the angles you're gonna hit at are gonna be sloped even if you're in a rock garden you could hit the wrong end of a rock garden but even if it's like a slab it's angled, it's smooth, so that force is going to dissipate some. I've never had a serious injury on my mountain bike. All my serious injuries have been doing other sports to, like, rest or relax from mountain biking, and then I hurt myself doing other crap. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, if you're a parent, you're worried, like, oh, I don't know, it seems too dangerous. I don't know if I want my kid doing this. Get him the proper equipment, and he won't get hurt. I mean, you yeah. could, I could fly off my bike at 50 miles an hour, fully padded up, and I'm going to land in a bush, and I'll be fine. Or I'm gonna grab a tree, or you know, so. And I mean, that's the point with helmets and pads, mm -hmm. and like, I mean, you're gonna crash at some point. Yeah. No, and it's the confidence, and that's yeah. why I tell people all the time. I mean, obviously, in Riley's case, it saved his mouth, but even if you're not hitting your face, like just knowing you're covered and knowing you're protected yeah. is mm -hmm. gonna give you the confidence to, you know, talk or whatever mm -hmm. else. So for sure. I don't know. That's it. We're at 54 minutes, 34 seconds. Riley, parting words of wisdom as a youth mountain biker, as our leading expert in youth mountain biking. Our only expert in youth. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Our yeah. best. Premier animal. expert in youth. The, the, um, you're our mountain bike shed youth correspondent. Our mountain bike shed, Nike Star. Yes. Nike Star. Nike Star. What position did you get in your last night? We don't talk about that. Okay. <laughs> I did the eighteen. Like Listen, I you said, don't need to answer. When yeah. we asked you earlier what you liked about Nika, and you said it's not about winning, we knew. Yeah. <laughs> no, you are a really good rider. You are really smooth. Um, yeah. You know, and you were definitely not on the best bike. Um, well, it was a good bike. It just wasn't a good cross-country bike. Yeah. 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 You weren't on the best bike for that. And, uh, yeah, you've got some work to do. Yeah. So, well, this season, I want to XC hardtail, so. Nice. I got, got yeah, it's actually light. And so. you're flipping in. Yeah, I'm getting that too. Did you get to try your new shoes on yet? Have you put them no, on? No, I can't get the, I got to mess with the pedals because the pedals are like seized on and I don't want to ruin the crank arm thread. Your pedals are seized on? Uh, the, well, I bought it used, so. Oh, they were already on. Yeah, so, and it's it's not Race Face Chester, it's the Fuker, the Fuker ones, which are the knockoff 
race face chesters. So I know. Why do people put pukers on? I don't know. Cheap. On Amazon, yeah. like twenty bucks on Amazon instead of spending fifty on a pair of chesters. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not that much cheaper. No, it's not. Like I can think, I could think of like three things one could not buy over a two day period to say forty dollars. The world's an expensive place now. Forty dollars don't matter. Yeah. <laughs> like that's the biggest contact point. Your pedal mm-hmm. and like your grips and so stuff like that. Grip saddle. Yeah. I mean, of all things, I want on my bike. Like, if you're not clipped in, you want good flats. Mm-hmm. And I rode uh, Stamp Ones, which mm-hmm. good for like cruising around. But I actually did a race on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, my shoe was on the pedal half the time. Right. I mean. They got dull fast. I mean, they're just not good. So you investing in like a good pedal keeps you way more secure on the bike. And it's like number one recommendation. All right. That's what Riley says. He says, go to mtbshed.com. Place your order for Ace Face Chesters, One Ups, or a host of other One Up Aluminum flat pedals that we have. One Up Aluminum. And the Oil Slick, too. We don't have Oil Slick. Yeah, we don't have Oil Slick, though. We got black ones. Or, I mean, or people could just make them Oil Slick on their own. True. Just break it down, pull, pull the spindle out, and then take it down to the local powder coater. <laughs> take care or of just <laughs> go to <laughs> Yeah. Paint everything, just not your stanchions. Yeah. All right, 57 minutes, 30 seconds, and we're going to call it.